0: This is Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Uh, Let's go now to Melissa DeRosa. She's the uh, former deputy chief of staff to New York uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo. She's also a strategist now. She's also a contributor to the Daily Beast. Uh, Of course, we had to talk to you today, Melissa, about uh, Governor Hochul's state of the state address. What is she talking about? What, a, a billion dollars for Mental, mental patients, 800,000 affordable housing units. Did she mention bail reform at all? I think there was like one little line there, one little line. Uh, Melissa, what did you think?
0: So, listen, I thought that, you know, today was a big day for her. Now she's been elected in her own right. She's no longer riding someone else's coattails. She made no mention whatsoever during her campaign about what her vision for the state was. And so... I think a lot of people were sort of waiting with bated breath to see what she was going to say, and, and it was really underwhelming. Right. She had no vision as far as infrastructure goes for the state. You know, she's not taking on big projects like a LaGuardia or a JFK or Tappan Zee Bridge. You know, there was no vision on, in terms of infrastructure. And then, as you said, on bail reform, which I think voters sort of sent a a loud and clear message when she only won by five points in the state with 22 percent Republican enrollment, people were upset about the crime issue and bail specifically. And she made very little mention of it. And I think that what she did will only sort of upset the proponents of keeping the bail reform law as it stands, while not gaining any points or credit with people who want to see changes made. And then, as you noted, you know, she did raise this point about wanting to create 800,000 units of affordable housing, which, you know, easier said than done. The proof will be in the pudding. I mean, that is something that you can say. It's a long-off goal, you know, and then you've got the reporters and the public have to sort of, like, keep tabs on how she goes. But, you know, I think the state is at a crossroads right now. I think the far left is really driving things in the wrong direction, I think that you've got real issues with outward migration and taxes and affordability, and public safety continues to be a concern. And I don't really think that she addressed any of it in in sort of a meaningful way today. And then the biggest takeaway for me on top of that was she was back in the Assembly Chamber, which, you know, for Ed Cox, who I know is in the room, and Judge Weinberg, who has been around a, a while, you guys remember, Traditionally, the state of the state was always in the assembly chamber. And in the last administration, Governor Cuomo said, I'm taking it out of the assembly chamber and putting it into the concourse, the egg in the concourse, and sort of making it a people's speech and not a legislative speech. And the reason I mention this is, you know, she's in this big fight with the legislature, who is currently in the process of rolling her on her uh, Court of Appeals chief judge pick. And so it was sort of fitting that. You know, today she was cowing back to the legislature, back in in the assembly chamber, and I think it sort of sent a message: they're in charge now.
1: So she's along for
0: the ride. they no say, longer a strong executive.
1: Ed, Ed Cox here. You you mentioned the uh, uh, the the Hector Lasalle uh, uh, fight, and I know you've been counting heads. Uh, where are you on that now?
0: You know, the last head count I had was between twenty three and twenty four nodes. But you know, Chairman, the bigger thing I'm hearing is. She is not backing down Hochul, but she's doing it sort of without a strategy to to pick up votes. And so now it's becoming Andrea Stewart-Cousins and Mike Gianaris in in the legislature digging in. And I think that to the extent that before people were sort of falling on their own, deciding for themselves, I think that what I'm hearing is there's now a concerted effort to make sure that he does not survive, because now it's become a larger fight between the executive and the legislature. So... Mm -hmm you know, I, I do not see it ending well for her. That's a very good point, Melissa, because I I think that she's going to be very severely injured in her governance over the next number of years, having lost this fight, if she in fact loses the fight. No, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, look, she came out swinging on this one. She did it without a strategy. I, I honestly sympathize for for Justice LaSalle, who is somebody with a tremendous amount of respect that's owed to him for the years he's served on the bench and the great work that he's done. He's a man of integrity. And, you know, he has unfortunately gotten caught up in the politics of this process with the far left and and the unions. But, you know, he got into bed with her and she had no strategy to get him pushed through. And so he's hanging out there. She's sort of, you know, pounding her her fists on the table. But to what end? If you say I'm going to huff and puff and blow your house down, but you don't have any ability to do that, you know, what's your end goal? So I think, you know, she gave away the pay raise for nothing. That was her maximum point of leverage. She's back in the assembly chamber today giving a speech that really didn't blow anybody's hair back, didn't have any sort of vision or grand plan for the state's future. And then sort of looming over all of that is this fight over the chief judge, which she's all but certain to lose. And so I think what we all have to get accustomed to is reorienting ourselves to a situation where the legislature is in the driver's seat. And that was the, the main point that I took away from the speech today and from all of the sort of atmospherics that are playing around it. And that's very dangerous because the legislature has been controlled by the supreme left wing, which has an agenda totally contrary to the interests of the state. No, that, that's right, Judge. And, and, you know, look, I am a Democrat and I, you know, shudder when I see what's happening in Washington. And you've got the rules changes today where there's a new rule that McCarthy swallowed in order to keep his speakership, which is that one single member of the House can call for a vote of confidence to overthrow the speaker, which really says that, you you know, Matt Gates could be having a bad hair day and decide that he wants to, you know, hold a vote and tie things up in the House. And I think that that sort of speaks to what happens in the dangerous nature of when the far right takes over, you know, the government. And we and all recognize that you can see it just as much on the left right. and that it can easily happen on the left. Yeah. And that that's sort of what I'm seeing foreshadowed here.
1: It is frightening. There should never be extremes on either side of the aisle. And, you know, I, I don't understand why sure, Governor we'll go Holcomb-
0: too. They've they've packed the the committee, the judiciary committee, with a left. But wing. why
1: didn't she use the 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 pay raise well, as that's leverage? What Melissa, that's that's what the Melissa question to
0: say she didn't. She had leverage and she gave it away. Well, for why didn't,
1: why didn't she use it? I don't understand. You know, look, Lydia, I
0: think that she was sort of obsessed with this idea of I am not going to be Andrew Cuomo. I'm going to be nice to everyone. I'm going to be collegial. And what she didn't sort of recognize as being nice is nice, but being effective is what you're there for. And, look, I don't think of George Pataki as a bully. I don't think of him as a jerk. I think of him as somebody who, at various points, Silver v. Pataki, and in his own pay-raise fight, he recognized the leverage that was afforded to him. That's how he got
1: his charter school law in exchange for a pay right. raise. And I
0: think the Governor Cuomo sort of operated the same way. And I think the That's legislature the doesn't understand. like it, but, you know, tough luck. And the truth of the matter is, when the legislature has a fight that they want to pick or a priority that they've got, they've got no issues sort of linking arms and rolling the governor. And you've got to play by the rules of the road. And the Constitution was laid out in a way that gave governors a certain amount of leverage, and she doesn't know how to use it. She hasn't figured that out. And I think that a, a state that is run by the far left is going to go in a very bad direction very fast. So, you know, I hope to God she figures it out soon. But the speech today, the judge, the pay raise, the her you know, five point win on her election, it doesn't give me a lot of hope.
1: No, it doesn't. Well, thank you so much, Melissa DeRosa, for always telling it like it is. And we look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you. That sounds great. Talk soon, guys.
0: It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.